CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome into our Monday edition of the Online Enquirer podcast. And Mondays mean our chats with Jay Lehman. And, and two weeks ago, Jay, it felt felt so good uh, talking about Illini football. Boy, it's amazing how quick things can change. A group of five loss to UTSA at home. And now you go on the road to a, a very talented Virginia team. And I was impressed uh, with their talent. But also you want Illinois to be competitive. And it just felt like a lot of what we'd seen in years past. So it's just amazing, Jay, two weeks and a lot can change. That's an understatement. A lot can change. I mean, we were, uh, you know, in August, we really relished our time in August when we could dream, right? That's really, that's really an Illini football teams. Unfortunately, usually, usually our high point. And, uh, you know, after the Nebraska game, we thought, wow, we could be a real competitor in the West at least compete, maybe not win at all. Um, and then we, we've just, there's no way to really skin it positively other we've just been really exposed the last two weeks. I mean, I wish we could take back the last 10 days, uh, you know, get, get that UTSA game back and get the Virginia game back. But to be honest, I, you know, I'm not sure if we play Virginia 10 times, we won't lose nine times. Um, I, and I mean, that's the scary thing to me. It wasn't um, blatant turnover or fluke um, errors. It was, it looked like a much better team on the football field. And I think that was obvious to everybody that, that watched. And it was almost like you were praying. It's almost like when you're watching somebody else play in Alabama, you're like, okay, Alabama's going to turn it on. Alabama's going to, they just, you pray for a stop, yeah. right? A stop. And uh, that's the way I felt watching this football game. Yeah, Jay, I think we came into the season saying, hey, we'll see how much coaching matters. We'll see how much the roster is the problem. And in the last two weeks, it's felt like the roster is, is a big problem. Not that there isn't any coaching issues that we could talk about here, um, but it just feels like you look at Virginia and you see that tight end, Jelani Woods, just dice them up. Billy Kemp is able to get open whenever he wants. Or Watkins, uh, what was this? Wilkin, the, the W guy, the guy, the receiver with the W, whoever that was. Well, and, and Th- that Thompson kid, that KTN Thompson kid, like it's just that's an athlete that man. It's like, should we use Deuce Span in that way? But like he, right. Illinois just had no answer for for those guys. And, and Brennan Armstrong's just dropping dimes, has all the time in the world to sit back there. It just felt like they were at another level of Division Division One football in Illinois. So a, a couple things. One, it always seems like the other team has an amazing quarterback. Yes. Right? Going back to Graham Mertz, even before that, you're always like, man, where do they find these guys? We can't find a quarterback for love nor money. Like, like you go back, and other than Wes Lunt having a string, maybe Riley O'Toole had a year. Who else she got after Shieldhouse left? That's it. 
Um, you know, it's been just, it, it's been worse than the Bears in the 90s and 2000s of trying to find a quarterback. Uh, I also spent money on Fubo TV to try to get that game. Could get a seven-day free trial. Canceled right away. Uh, but, yeah, it's just there was no answer. I think the thing that Illinois fans just despise seeing is the first quarter, receivers wide open. I mean, like, guys not even in. Like, okay, so maybe there's a – I know Brett said there was a – there was an Emmy, a mental error on one of them, but like, I, and not just one of them. It was like eight passes. I was like, where are people? Just not even close. And so I, I'm extremely disappointed in, in the play. I'm extremely disappointed in veteran defensive backs not executing or, or, or I guess not being put in the proper position. One of the two, maybe both. I don't know. I, I, it's just bad. Yeah, and that, that's where it comes to question, Jay. Like after UCSA, it was almost like, wait, um, that's familiar. Like that that's two coaching staffs. We've now seen this, and they have different styles, right? Like, I mean, there's only so many coverages you can run in, in right. that, but there's only so many things you can do. I mean, the pass rush is non-existent with the same players. Right. Uh, the same thing we saw with Lovey. Um, and obviously Ryan Walters doesn't have enough faith in his defensive backs now, understandably, to to send a, a many blitzes because they just haven't given that faith. I mean, 14 to nothing uh, before the five-minute mark, Jay. Um, how is it that easy? Like, and, it, you, and it could have been much – it could have been much <laughs> worse. I mean, we were like, please, please keep it competitive, right? Um, well, the ironic thing is that, uh, you know, Lovey Smith got the win as the D corner against Trevor Lawrence yesterday. Are we just uh, make it make sense, only, Jay? Make it make sense. The problem is we got to get on this. We get on this show, you know, every week, and I'll have to talk once a week. You talk seven days a week, but I, I can just tell you right now, I don't have any other great groundbreaking analysis. I hate to be a spoiler, other than we're just not that good. I, I mean, I look at the tape; we're just not that good. At every level, I think, um, and and I thought that the linebackers had been a strong spot up until um, Virginia. Uh, I know Hanson had two forced fumbles. He also had a, a play against Thompson on the goal line where he tried to get a fumble. We should just wrap him up. And not to say the game was still in reach, but it was closer than the final score. And I think Barnes got yanked because I think – um, yeah, I think McCarron came in for Barnes. Yeah. Um, because, and it's not all Barnes's fault. I mean, the Virginia was up on our second level very fast, very fast, and uh, they did a ton of trickeration. And it's kind of like, again, we always ask ourselves, why don't we do that? You know what? You know, I was like. I think we just look at the other team that's more successful than us and we're just we want to mimic them. I don't think that's the I don't think that's the the the, the best thing to do, but I, I will say it just seems like we were so out athleted yeah. at every position and even defensively. I thought they just looked like they had better athletes in the front seven. I thought Blunt the safety was a guy that was all over the field. Um 
And so I feel bad because I've, I've been there. It, it feels like 2005 to me. Hmm. Uh, when the first year under Ron Zook, it feels like that. The only difference is with ton of young players in 2005. Right. You, you literally had like a starting defense that was freshmen and sophomores. That's it. There were, there were no seniors left. And so you had like, okay, well, these guys are going to be good. Now we could say, well, that was 2018 for us. We had all those guys on the, and we, we haven't seen the improvement that we want to see. So I, I think that's the frustrating thing. And you guys might be tired of all listening to me and Jeremy to say this stuff, but we're looking for positives to talk about as well. It's hard when you watch these games, guys. No, it really is. And you, you'll see a glimmer like Deuce Span, Josh McCray, Isaiah Williams. That You're like, hey, there's something there. But they need that way more spots uh, on the field right. other than – it feels like wide receiver, I know they had drops late in the game. That's been one of the few positives. and I, I didn't think that would be a good sign if that's one of the few positives. Running back, I think they're fine there. Offensive line hasn't been – great but I, I think it's competitive um but yeah i mean when you this team is not built jay uh to put up 35 plus points and they've given oh. that up the last couple weeks and art Sikowski is an improvement on their depth at quarterback but we know he's not brennan armstrong illinois is at a disadvantage at quarterback almost every game you can't keep i mean two weeks in a row you're down 14 nothing as you said they were fortunate to only be down 21 7 at halftime um, oh, you know, and, and this could have been a, a 55 burger for Virginia if they would have uh, taken care of some things and made some field goals or whatever. But now, now let's just say this last week we talked about for Illinois to have a chance, the defense has really got to hold the offense to that 20, 24 point range. Right. Um, and, and that, and that they would have had a chance if they could have done that. And, and again, now let, let's take why big 10 West teams win. Okay. I think Iowa's held has some crazy streak of like 25 teams under 24 points or less or something like that. Like, I mean, like 25 games, excuse me. And we saw this in the Iowa State game. We see this in games with Iowa or Wisconsin. A D, uh, listen, listen, offense is going to get out of rhythm. The, 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 you're playing with 18 to 22 year old players, you're not going to execute everything perfect. Even Virginia had a streak right there where they weren't executing things perfect. But your defense has got to keep you in the game, right, and buy you time. We we cannot trade scores with people. This is not Air Raid, Texas Tech. This is, this is not. We can't afford to trade scores. And so our defense, say what you want with the offense, the defense has to keep us into the game. Did that against Nebraska – Bought us time. Yep. Bought us time. We did have a break with the call on Cam Taylor Brett interception. Caleb Tanner, uh, the roughing the passer, that's turned the game. But they kept us in the game, allowing the offense to get going. We weren't able to do that this time. I will say this in switching gears on Chase Brown. Yeah. They did try to bring pressure off the edge a couple times. What we saw against Nebraska, what we saw against um, uh, UTSA, to try to tackle a guy, Chase had too much speed. Yes. He he outran him. And what I liked is that Peterson, I saw he switched it up rather than attacking straight at him in that second first drive for the second half. They pulled the guard. They pulled the tackle out, right? They pulled it around and attacked the edges, uses Chase Brown's speed, and his speed – is different than all the other backs. 
And then in McCray, they stopped trying to run outside zone with McCray. Now it was just inside zone, hit it. And so they're learning their personnel somewhat, but still it's not enough. That's a great point, Jay. And I want to get to that. And I feel like three weeks into the season, Illinois and the staff had eight months. And I asked Brett about this last week, actually. But they had eight months to figure out what do they have on their roster, right? And they go into a season with an idea. And then a couple games in, I think you, you know, kind of go back and say, okay, now we know what our team is. And maybe this isn't a strength. This isn't a strength. We got to do this. Uh, I think offensively you hit on it like that first drive of the second half. And, you know, Illinois had a couple chances to make this a game. They get the ball back 14, seven, the offense goes three and out defense gives up a score, but coming out of that first half, I was really encouraged. I said, did Tony Peterson figure out what he has offensively and what he doesn't? Because they attack the outside. As you said, Chase Brown just has a burst that the other backs don't have. He beat a linebacker to the edge, got upfield. But the offensive line, I think that's how they they block well in those outside zones, right? So is there something there that the offense can build on earlier in games because they are getting off to such slow starts? Well, here's the thing. We can't – okay – if you don't have an offensive line that's better than the defensive line, you have to attack an edge. You say, well, we don't have that much speed. What well, we do have speed with Isaiah Williams and Chase Brown. Those guys have – and Span has, has a lot of speed, for sure. Um, and so I think – and not to say the first play of the game, they tried to get Williams on the edge. So, I mean, I think they know, hey, we can't just run it down people's throats. If we do – we're going to have McCray in there, and he's going to get, you know, three or four. Okay? That's kind of what I think. So, I think you're going to see more attacking on the edges. I think you even might see some toss sweeps. Get get Chase on, get chase on the outside. And, uh, you know, also, um, you know, I, I want to see – I want to see Deuce Span in the game more. Maybe as a – maybe getting a reverse to Deuce Span. Yeah. Span. Maybe – I mean, the, the guy is a human highlight reel. We're talking, I mean, every I mean, at least I do. He comes into the game, right? I'm like, okay. It's within taking a shot in the end zone. Okay. Jay, here's and, the, here's the stat for you. Seven, he's got seven reps on pass plays. He has three catches for a hundred and something yards, two touchdowns, and should have had another one. That's a pretty good hit right. rate. <laughs> right, right. No, I mean it's it's pretty amazing. And if I'm a defensive player, I've got to be saying Okay, number six is on the field. I mean, they even motioned to leave them all alone uh, on the field. And I'm like, this is so obvious, right? I'm screwed. I'm like, this has got to be going to do span. And he makes a, a, an amazing play. Like, like, if there's one guy you're like, I really want the guy to come down and catch the ball. Uh, a lot of receivers don't. And Deuce seems to do it. So I give Deuce a lot of credit. Deuce could be a, I mean, Deuce could be a legitimate from what we've seen, could be a legitimate wide receiver and possibly an NFL prospect. Because what's holding him back? He's got size. He's got speed. He's obviously going to catch the ball in traffic. But what else do you want other than more reps? Right. I mean, I, he might be the most exciting guy I can I get excited about. Yeah. Deuce Stan is a legit, legit player. And that's what you got to do in a place like Illinois where it's like, wait a second here. I got to take somebody from something else that nobody else saw and make him this so that he can be a great player that people didn't see. Yeah, and they took uh, Ashton Hollins, a kid that reminds me of Deuce Span. He plays quarterback in high school in the class of 2022. 
great athlete, four four speed. Like they they laser timed him at four four, but no one has wide receiver tape. You got to do stuff like that. Um, Isaiah Williams, obviously, I think still had a positive day. I maybe didn't get the ball enough. Uh, I did watch Jelani Woods, and and what a what a matchup nightmare he is for a linebacker. And Illinois saw all of that, but transfer portal. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Here's the guy that just, he just blocked, I guess, to Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma State always has weapons, right? But that dude was huge. I mean, we had Derek Smith on him. And even the announcer was like, when I was watching, uh, was like, wow, Derek Smith looks small. Yeah. And he's not. I mean, he looked like a <laughs> big man. Well, he and wasn't I, just a single zero. I, I sit there, Jay, and I go, I know, I know Illinois' offense didn't have much of a chance to keep up with Virginia, but. You know, four catches by the tight ends for 20 yards. Like, why can't those guys be vertical threats? You know what I mean? Like, it feels like you just got to dump it off to them, but they, like, I, I don't see much vertical threat from them. And those are two of your best vertical threats. Yeah, I, I, I would completely agree. I mean, I think the best starting lineup, if I had a starting lineup right now, the O line's in flux. Okay. So I, I you know, we, we're, we're getting that figuring out, but I think you got to get Peters back in a quarterback. Okay. I think you got to put, you got to start span. You got to start up Isaiah Williams and have both the tight ends in and chase Brown. That's your best chance to, to win right now. I like Donnie Navarro as a spot guy, although he struggled to catch the ball, even though that's his strength. Uh, I like some other guys. I, Casey Washington had a horrible, I mean, yeah. he's a good guy, horrible series in which two drops, a penalty, like we, we just, you just can't do that, especially from a receiver position. Like your linemen are going to get penalties. That's college football, right? They're pretending you can't, you can't have a skill guy do three plays like that on a drive. It, it just doesn't work. And so those are our, those are our best skill guys from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. And Span gives you a legitimate deep threat. I think Barker gives you a little legitimate way to stretch the field in the interior. I think you use Ford, you use Isaiah Williams. Shoot, you even use Chase Brown catching the ball out of the backfield some, you know. And so I, they, they have enough weapons there, but you, all that stuff takes time too. Yeah. You already got one quarterback hurt. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind Jakari Norwood, just a little speed in there at, at some point. Oh, yeah, Jakari. Uh, yeah. Great point. Yeah, I, I just uh, speed. I, I, you know, I, I think Reggie Love's a good back, but I think Chase Brown is better. Josh McCray's better between the tackles. Uh, but Reggie only got one carry, and I think it's because Jakari gave you something you need, which is just a, a home run threat, a guy who can give you a chunk play. Well, I think Jakari gives you that, and I think Reggie's getting reps taken away by Josh yeah. McCray. I mean, because they, they have similar body types and whatnot. So, um, I, I, I will just say this. It's just, I think, I don't know if we've ever had a veteran team play that bad. Yeah. I think that's the discouraging thing. And, but we also got to say too, that everybody's a veteran team, you know, cause we, we had a lot of guys, if you're not going to the NFL, a lot of guys just opted back to come in. So I don't know how much the super seniors is helping us right now. Right. Well, it's uh, it does that. That's the discouraging part is, you know, those super seniors are your best options now, and so what's that leave you with next year? That that's the that's the big concern, right now, because you're probably gonna have to, you know, Julian Pearl is back, Alex Pilstrom is back, but five other offensive linemen are gone. Your four starting 
guys up front, Jay, are gone. Jake Hansen's gone. Tony Adams. Like, that's the that's the really difficult part is this year you expect it to be competitive. And that's why the first game was so encouraging uh, because same guys, but they looked like they, they executed a little better, didn't make as many mistakes, as many MEs, as you said. And then the last two weeks, it just looks like they're even worse or the same as, as last year. That's what, that's what's so discouraging. Well, I, I think we all had in mind, this is a bridge year. Let's, let's win some, buy us some time, help the recruiting to get players in. And I'm not saying the season's done because I do think if there's one thing I've seen, I, I, I have seen some in-game adjustments from this staff, whether it was, you know, last week or, or against Virginia with Peterson, you know, and these are good football coaches, right? Like they, they're going to get, the team's going to improve. Is it going to be improved fast enough for what we want? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but you've got to start thinking transfer portal because we don't have the players right now uh, next year to really compete. We don't think at least that's what we think. Um, or, or do you say Brett, Brett Bielema says, you know what? We'll have some transfer portal, but we're going to have our guys and we can start true freshmen. I've seen that picture before though. <laughs> We've seen that movie a lot guys. I mean, it, we, we, we've watched it a lot more, more than the reruns of Saved by the Bell. We've seen that one. I mean, I mean, and uh, if you're a nineties kid like me and Jeremy, that, that makes sense for everybody else is like, what are you talking about? Come but, home, come home uh, from school, Jay, watch TBS, watch some uh, Kelly Kapowski. Yeah, man. That's right up my alley. My first crush, right? <laughs> Kelly Kapowski. Of course you watch that and you watch, you know, Price is Right at 10 o'clock with Bob Barker. And <laughs> uh, Bob Barker will never be beat out as a host. He might be one of the reasons I'm in media today because Bob Barker is just that cool. I still haven't got the stick mic though. What what's uh, what's the go to? What's the go to uh, game on Price is Right? What's your favorite? Oh, I think Plinko's got to be the most <laughs> famous, right? Plinko's the most famous, and then the what's the one where uh, you obviously want to win the car, right? right? I mean, that's the biggest thing is winning the car. I always like the Yodeler game. The, the Yodeler. I was going to say the Yodeler guy that goes up. You know, the Yodeler guy. I was going to say that was the but Plinko's probably most famous than Yodeler. You know, I was never good at like naming the actual price of things. But there was a time in my life when I was like fourth grade, I was homeschooled. That means I got to go to like, I got to get like shop with my mom for stuff and go. pick stuff up. So my prices were on point <laughs> a little bit. Like, hey, is this Dove Bar soap $1.81? Is it more or is it less? Yeah. Less, $1.49, you know? So like, I was not bad. I was not bad. Uh, are, are you still watching it? Or are you still a Drew Carey guy? Or is it just a... I, no, I have nothing against Drew Carey. I think I just, I just grew out of it, right? Yeah. And, and, I, and I still don't watch the show. I don't, I don't watch the show. I think it's a great show, so I don't knock on it. But yeah. I think Bob Barker's just... He's just my guy, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, after that, I maybe I just got too old. And I'm like, I don't watch it anymore, so... <laughs> Well, uh, I digress. It's bad. It's bad. It's about prices, right? On an LA football podcast, guys. We're trying to get some some levity here, Jay. Uh, you mentioned this with you know the offense and adjustments, and I do think Tony Peterson's starting to figure this out of what his team is uh, and what it's not. And I, I do feel like there are a couple positives you can hang your hat on. Um, what is Brandon Peters potentially coming back if he gets back on the field? against Maryland. He was cleared for contact, didn't play because he didn't practice at all last week, or he threw some but didn't like take reps. Um, what can he add, you think, at the quarterback position? 
Okay, so a couple things. This is a huge wild card, by the way. Yeah. This could this if there's one if there's one ray of hope left, it's that we have Brandon Peters coming back. Now, according to the newspaper, I just read that it was an AC sprain. Okay. I've had an AC sprain. Uh you can play through an AC sprain. It hurts, but it's not not necessarily gonna like tear your arm up. It's like you tore something, right? So I think he could he could be as if with a week of practice, it's just like he had COVID or something like last year, right? Like out for three weeks and he's back. Uh I think that could change the game. I really do. Do I think we can keep up with Maryland's passing attack? No. <laughs> but do I think our offense could be better at passing and more aggressive? Yes. Do I think Art did the best you could ask a backup to do? I actually do. Uh with all things considered, yeah, I think we're going to give our tip our hat to Art for what he did do. Yeah, Jay, I don't think he's the answer, right? But he's certainly not the problem. Like, I, I didn't think he was the problem on Saturday. Um, you know, I thought he actually was was pretty efficient, made a nice throw to Deuce. But, um, yeah, he's just... We've seen some bad backups before. Yeah. He's not a bad backup. Like, he's a good backup, but, like, you're probably right. not going to hand him the keys next year. You're probably going to be back in the portal looking for an upgrade. Right. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. I think. I think... Listen, we we we've seen a lot of backups. Okay, all right, we've seen backups that are not good, backups that cannot throw, backups that have been a disaster. Art Sikowski's none of that. He's sir, he's been serviceable. He's what a backup quarterback does, but that's all he's done. Okay, and so I think Brandon Peters. If we're gonna have any chance, we gotta have him in. Yeah. Um. What what gives you confidence that you know? Because he didn't have a. He had a weird year last year with COVID. Great game against Nebraska, but then he was pretty bad after that first quarter against Iowa. Obviously, do you just throw that out, um, or, or how does how is he an improvement over Art? Uh, well, we're talking about Brandon Peters here. You blacked out there a little bit. Yeah. How is he an improvement? One, one, I think he's got way. He he's got a track record of taking care of the football better than Art. Okay, number one. Number two. He's just had more success than Art as far as being a starting quarterback and winning football games in the Big Ten, okay? And, you know, I would say this, number three, he's he's had a lot more experience in this offense than Art because he had spring ball and he got the majority of the reps, probably, we think, in camp. I mean, it was never really a competition. And so if it wasn't a competition, it wasn't even close. So in the coach's mind, He's their best player. And so if I'm Maryland, I'm banking on Brandon Peters playing. I agree with you. Um, and Jay, I do agree with you that I don't like this matchup. Um, Maryland reminds me a lot of Virginia in that they got a quarterback who's a playmaker and they got some talented receiving options. Uh, Demas Jr.'s 261 yards, two touchdowns through two games. Rakeem Jarrett's a former five-star uh, Loxley's kind of got the uh, Illinois plan. Seems like getting the some top playmakers and a playmaking quarterback. Raheem Jarrett's really good. Deshaun Jones is really good. Um, so I, I don't like this matchup. Uh, I, I feel like Maryland's one of the better offenses actually in the Big Ten, and you know this offense pretty well. I mean, what what does Lox do similarly that he did when he was at Illinois, and and what do you think of what they're doing right now? First of all, they got athletes. I've seen Raheem Jarrett play in person. And he's like a really he's been 2.0, maybe an inch taller. Uh, but he's big. 
He's a big, big receiver, just like Aurelius Ben was. And he's out of the DMV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very similar. Uh, Jay Sean Jones is a guy that's been there a while, been banged up, but a good player. Dante Dimas came came out last year just kind of out of the woodwork. And all three of those guys are pretty special. Um, the, what they've had a problem with is protection with Talia. Uh, but when we look at what's similar, you know, Locks, I think, in his day, spread out to run the ball. And I think that's what he wanted to do ultimately. I think now with a guy like Talia Tungavailoa is he wants to throw the ball. And with those weapons he has on the outside, he might say he wants to run and be balanced. But from what I've seen, he wants to put three or 400 yards up passing where I thought at Illinois with a guy like Juice, we wanted to run for three or 400, control the ball, control the clock. And I'm not saying locks can't do that. But it looks to me with a talent that he has on the edge, he wants to throw it. He's still going to mix in tempo. He's still going to mix in a ton of RPO. And he's going to look at that UTSA film with the run pass option. And you're going to see him run the RPO probably two or three times the first drive and see what the reaction is. Usually it's man coverage because man coverage I don't have my eyes in the back because my eyes are just on my man. But I don't know if that's going to work when you man up on these three receivers. And so I will say this. He does not want to run his quarterback like he wanted to run Juice Williams. Tolia is not really meant for that. Um, he, he can run, but Juice was big, right? So if there's one thing I think he's going to have the RPO, He's going to want to throw the ball more than run the ball than what we've seen out of Mike Loxley in the past, in my opinion. Yeah. So if you're Ryan Walters, what would be your game plan? It's like, it's like, do I want to, you know, drink poison or do I want to go to the firing squad? Like, it's like, it's like that kind of decision, right? It's like, what, what, what do I do? And I, I don't want to be that, you know, gruesome with it, but it's hard because if you man up, We've seen what the man coverage is, and I and I would argue that these receivers are the best receivers we're going to see uh, the first four weeks. You know, we, we have David Bell coming the week after, but uh, uh, the, through the first four weeks, these will be the best receivers. And so we're going to get up some big plays if we play man coverage. If we play zone, uh, we're going to probably give up, you know, uh, some run plays, some pass plays and whatnot, but we, we'll try to keep the ball in front of us more. So – I think they're going to try to really limit the big pass plays and try to actually let them run the football a little bit, give them numbers to run the football and hope they can rally to make the play. And so I would expect zone and I would expect them trying to keep the ball in front of them uh, as much as possible. Well, Zucker is coming back. Uh, Loxley is coming back. You got any lock stories from your day? I mean, one of the most famous lock stories and we laugh about it all the time when, you know, uh, when I see him at Big Ten Network, we interview him or I'm out, out at Maryland. And, you know, he loves he loves his time in Illinois. But uh, in 2005, we were just bad. And I think in order to have some fun and Camp Rantoul, I think Lauren Tate at News Gazette interviewed me. And uh, the defense just tore up the offense that day. We, we were neither good. And, and, I, and I said a comment in the papers that 
the offensive line was like a sieve. And, you know, uh, that didn't go very well in the paper uh, with teammates or anybody. I, long story short, I then the whole next week, I kind of felt bad about it, but I didn't say anything. The whole next week, Loxley, every time they had a big play on offense, like, man, that defense is a sieve over there. It's a sieve. And he hated it. He hated He hated what I said. And uh, I ended up apologizing to O-line. They're my buddies and whatnot. But uh, I probably shouldn't have said that. I've had some media mistakes in my life. You know, you talk enough on the media, you make some mistakes. And uh, to this day, he goes, hey, man, how's that sieve doing? And so we still, 16 years later, we still have the sieve joke uh, that was in Cambria Tool. And we laugh about it now. But during those days when you suck, it was uh, it was it was tough. Well, Jay, Illinois is one and two, but they are one and zero oh in Big Ten play. So if they can surprise everybody and, and pick up a win, maybe you get uh, some confidence back. Because I mean, that, that's one thing I'm concerned about is a team and a veteran group that has dealt with so much losing. Even you know those guys after the game admitted like there is a here we go again kind of feeling, and that that's that's what's concerning is you know two losses, especially a you know two really disappointing losses uh, can, can really impact them mentally. I, I don't know how the coaches and, and players deal with that, but I imagine it's got to be tough. I think the UTSA loss, I mean, you can stomach it if you're two and one, you go to Virginia and just, you said you have a, ba- a bad game. You, you flush it, and you, but you start to see consistent patterns and you're like, well, wait a second. You know? And arguably the best quarterback that they played against, Adrian Martinez, didn't play well against them. So uh yeah, it is a here you go again, here we go again. I think that's where the head coaches have really got to change that narrative. And that's hard to do. Hard, hard, hard to do. And so hopefully they can do that. And hopefully we have a better product on Friday night. How did Zook do, how did Zook do that in, in 07? Well, you know, Zook, it's so, it's so funny because, you know, uh, the biggest here we go again moment was Rutgers 2006. Uh, we went out to Rutgers and it was, I mean, they were re- they were really good that year. I mean, they had Ray Rice, they had Clark Harris, they had Mike Teal, they had a, a lot of players, guys that played on defense in the, in the league. And I think they were 11-0 until they got beat by somebody. And that was a big here we go again moment. I remember Ron Zook used to tell us never to look at the scoreboard during the game. We were banned. He's like, don't look at the scoreboard. It doesn't matter. Just do your job, right? And what he's trying to say is like, don't get tied up and here we go again. But what really turned it for us, <coughs> excuse me, is we got really competitive against good teams in 2006. I mean, we got really competitive. And I know no one thinks about that season, but if you want to see a season that truly you didn't see it in the record, but you saw it in the games, that was the season. And, uh, I think it still took us getting over the hump, you know, because we lost to Missouri, who we didn't know was that good in 2007, right? But, you know, what was a great thing was we were on the road and beat a power five like Syracuse, who wasn't that good. And then we beat Indiana, and then we beat Wisconsin. They're like, whoa, wait a second. We're pretty good. Wisconsin, the yeah. longest win streak in the nation, you know? Yeah. No, it feels like they they need that moment. Uh, and, that, and that's why it was so discouraging against Virginia. Like, I don't think people expect them to win, uh, but just be competitive. And it, it, it just wasn't. Jay, always appreciate these Monday chats, man. We'll catch up with you next week. You got it, man. Take care. ILL. 
Great stuff from Jay Lehman. And again, you can you can hear the frustration in his voice, right? Is is a proud alum about this kind of oh no, here it goes again kind of feeling that oh no just isn't good enough. And especially on defense, do they have the pieces? Uh, and do they have the veterans capable of making the plays and, and running the defense that this staff is wanting? Uh, hasn't been the case uh, the last two weeks, especially. And I think we all know against Nebraska, they were lucky. Adrian Martinez missed a couple very open throws. Uh, so going up against a passing offense like Maryland is just very concerning. Purdue's got a great passing offense as well. Charlotte uh, beat Duke uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's just concerning, and something's got to change. The, the, the missed assignments on, on defense are, are very concerning, and, and the offense just isn't built uh, to keep up with teams that score 30-plus points, right? I mean, 35-plus each game, and, and that's what the defense is giving up right now. I did do a film room with Jay breaking down some of the big plays that Virginia had, and, and I learned a lot in it, um, just breaking down what went wrong. So check that out if you're a VIP member. Also, focus on some of the positives of what the offense did and what they're capable of, especially with Chase Brown back in the game. Jay had a few nuggets on Chase that uh, I thought were really interesting as well. So if you're a VIP member, check that out. I'm going to have that up here very, very shortly. Uh, but also, if you're not a VIP member, uh, Jay is worth the price of admission himself with these VIP film breakdowns. But of course, we got you covered with our coverage of Illinois football, Illinois basketball. Derek Piper's going to have more on basketball recruiting coming up this week, including a big visitor and Ty Rogers. So sign up now. It's $1 for your first month. Uh, we appreciate the sport that way. We appreciate the sport. Listen to the podcast. If you don't already, follow, subscribe to our podcast. Also give us a rating and review wherever you get your podcast. That really, really helps us out. We'll have a preview of Maryland later on in the week, and we'll talk some hoops at some point on the podcast this week as well because I know you guys are starting to turn your focus to that. And it's up to Illinois football. I feel like we're saying this every year. Uh, to keep your attention uh, into October and into November, and that's why it feels like this Friday night game where attendance probably not going to be very good with high school football going on. Two very disappointing losses. Uh, they need to create some excitement and, and put a better product on the field. Uh, but uh, we'll continue to, to cover the heck out of it for you here on the Online Choir Podcast, and we appreciate you guys listening to us. Have a great day. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time on the Online Choir Podcast. <laughs>